Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Oh, and uh, happy Shabbat also to our uh, our Sabbath family, our Mishpachah, that are all over the world. Um, we can't see your smiling faces like I can see all your smiling faces, but we know you're there. For some reason, I don't know why, but this scripture popped into my mind about a week or two ago, and i um, not really sure why I even wanted to speak on it, but I'm assuming that uh, Yahweh wanted us to hear the message. And that scripture was Psalms 30, verse 5. that says, it's written by King David, it says, joy comes in the morning. So, I mean, going into this message and just kind of having a uh, rough idea what I'm going to speak about, I just started researching. And um, so this is what I got. And maybe we all need to hear it. So we all go through bad times, times of trouble, persecution, stress, this turmoil in our lives, maybe tests or possibly correction by Yahweh, and we never know why. Maybe he is refining us, teaching us. Maybe he's punishing us for breaking his laws, and of course those blessings that go along with keeping his laws, they also go away as well. Sometimes it feels as if Yahweh turns his face from us. I know we've all experienced that feeling before. Sometimes we don't even get correction, and that's when it's really scary. Sometimes it seems, though, the trials just never cease. They keep coming, and for some people, it's way worse than for others. I will say, for me, I've had a relatively easy life. Yeah, there's been trials and struggles, but there's been... People that have been proverbial Job's that I've seen walk around, health problems, family problems, it just never seems to go away. Many people ask why Yahweh allows bad things to happen to good people. And I think that's a very valid question. Scripture tells us the answer, and the answer is sin. Sin pushes Yahweh away. Our decisions have consequences in our lives. Obedience by Yahweh's design yields blessings. But as human beings, we seem to have a problem obeying the one that created us and that created the earth, the universe, everything. Created the atoms that put everything together, that breathed life into our ancestors going all the way back to uh, Adam and Eve. When life is hard, though, we find shalom in the Psalms, and they help us, don't they? I know, I know they do. I've, I read them. I know many others read them. It's, uh, it's inspiring. They speak to us and reaffirm our relationship to Yahweh. The Psalms have a soothing effect on our souls. Many of these Psalms were written by David, and he really did have an amazing life. And I don't want to sound cliche, everyone talks about David, but David's life and story is a fascinating journey of being human, but still succeeding in the end. From a shepherd boy to a king, from having peace in life to living in complete turmoil, from gross sins to repentance, King David personifies sin and disobedience. He personifies Redemption and forgiveness, peace and turmoil, all in one man. 
and he wrote a huge amount of psalms that we have to read to help us. He is also a man of deep reverence for Yahweh and a man of deep remorse. Maybe this is why the Savior of all mankind came from his lineage. The way he writes is so personal, his relationship with Yahweh is so human. He puts it all out there. Scripture in general puts it all out there. And that's one thing I appreciate about this book and how I know it's inspired. It has the good, the bad, lust, sin. In fact, majority of it's bad if you read it, especially in the Old Testament. <clears throat> it's just a lesson in disobedience. And some of this is written in very graphic detail as well. But David is very unique in his writings. His feelings seem to flow from the pages. You know what I mean? Um, his son Solomon also, he's, uh, he, he puts it all out there. In Psalm 30, verse 5, his relationship with Yahweh is summed up in one haunting verse. And I would like to analyze this verse today. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So what does David really mean here? Weeping for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Biblical Hebrew says, And it translates, His favor for a night may endure weeping, but in the morning joy. The Hebrew baki means non-stop weeping. The Hebrew word rena means joyful singing and rejoicing, what we do here and what uh, believers have been doing for millennia to praise the one that we worship. Here in Psalms 30, David seems to be going through a hard time in his life, and just as he does in many other of his psalms, he immediately praises Yahweh. Have you noticed that? To give praise to Yahweh, you need to remove self and focus on him, and that's the essence of praise, if you think about it. We are humans and are very narcissistic by our human nature. We love to dwell on ourselves and our problems. And I think that's our struggle in life. Self is a catalyst to sin. Self is a trap. Which is why I think it feels good to volunteer, doesn't it? When you go out and you volunteer, you help people. It feels good inside. Yahweh puts that in us. It puts that, he has that in our souls. You know, dwelling on our problems will only bring on more unhappiness and stress, won't it? We get caught in this cyclical vacuum that can't, we can't climb out of. It just, it just keeps perpetuating itself. But we have faith in him. He will help. Scripture tells us this. And we need to remember that and use that. David, despite his many faults, praises Yahweh in the storm. And boy, did he have storms. His sins caused many deaths. We know that the price of sin is death, which is why we all ultimately die in the end, because we are sinful. And this also why Israel had to sacrifice thousands of animals every year, tens of thousands. Many use David to compare and justify their own sins, and I've seen it, you've probably seen it. They say David committed adultery and murder. True, he did. But he paid a high price for these sins. Blood was shed for David's sins. His firstborn died after childbirth, living only a short time. 
His daughter Tamar was raped by her half-brother Amnon, which in turn caused Absalom to murder his brother, which in turn caused Absalom eventually to lose his own life. Three lives lost in his family, his personal family, his children, let alone all the lives lost in wars that proceeded later on. David fought all his life. But despite all his troubles and turmoils, we read in the Psalms so much remorse and praise to Yahweh. Do you think this is one reason he is called a man after Yahweh's own heart? I think so. See if I can advance this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from Yahweh who made heaven and earth. Psalms 121. I will extol you, my Elohim the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is Yahweh and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom, Psalm 145, 1 to 3. So maybe someone watching this right now is going through hard times, possibly someone sitting here today. If you get nothing more from this message, remember this. Give Yahweh praise. Sing Yahweh a song. Praise his name. Praise him when you're in your car. Praise him while mowing the lawn or fishing wires through conduit. Right, Chris? (laughs) Give him a hallelujah in the good and in the bad, as David did. The worse it gets, the harder we must praise him. The NIV has a much smoother and fuller English translation of Psalms 30, verse 5. It says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. His favor lasts a lifetime. And it's so great that our creator, it says in scripture, is slow to anger. And his anger only lasts a moment. Thank goodness for us, that's the case. So here are some insights you can take away so far from the scripture. His anger is short, it lasts a moment, compared to his favor, his goodwill, which lasts our lifetime and into the next life. And we need to stay true to him and obey him, showing him love by keeping his commandments, his Torah, his Sabbath, his appointed times. If you love me, keep my commandments, it says in John 14, 15, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Eliot's commentary makes this interesting assessment of Psalms 30. Sorrow is the wayfarer, a traveler, who comes to the tent for a night's lodging. But the metaphor of his taking his leave in the morning is not carried on. And we have instead the sudden waking with a a cry of joy, sudden as the eastern dawn, Without twilight or preparation, neither was faith in the divine love more beautifully expressed. Benson Commentary says it this way, Weeping may endure for a night. In Hebrew translation it reads, In the evening weeping will lodge with us. Its stay will be short. 
like that of a guest who only lodges with us for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. La boca rena. For the morning there is singing. Joy comes speedily and in due season. The prophet Isaiah writes something very, very similar in chapter 54 and verse 7. It says there, For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says Yahweh your Redeemer. Isn't it amazing the, when you see a prophet write down the words of Yahweh and you see David writing almost the same thing in the Psalms? Written completely different, but meaning exactly the same thing. That, to me, is fascinating. No other book does that. No other book has so much meaning and deep understanding. When I'm reading uh, this in Isaiah, I'm reminded of Yahshua's final moments. If you remember, when he's hanging on the tree. And real quick, interesting note, Isaiah, Yeshayahu means Yahweh is salvation, which is the same meaning of our Savior's name, Yahshua. As almost a dual prophecy, even Yahshua, our Redeemer, experienced this. The same thing that Isaiah writes about here. This hiding of Yahweh's face, maybe because he had to be tested at all points as we are, we read in Hebrews. Yahshua felt Yahweh hiding his face as all humanity's sins were placed squarely on his shoulders in Matthew 27, 45. And it says there, now for the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land and unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Yahshua cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my El, my El, why hast thou forsaken me? Isn't that interesting? He's dying right there. He could feel Yahweh turned his face, just like we see King David explaining or Isaiah. Some of, their, some of them that stood there, and I think this is interesting, when they heard that, they said, this man calls for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Yahshua, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the spirit. It sounds like, when you just read the narrative, that the people standing there had no idea what Yahshua was talking about, doesn't it? That's what, that's what it seems, anyway, at first, value, at first glance. Some scholars theorize that the crowd just simply misheard Yahshua's words there. But I don't buy that at all. The fact of the matter is, they knew exactly what Yahshua meant. These are well-versed Jews who spent a lifetime studying and reading the Torah. Barnes Notes makes this interesting observation. The taunt would be more cutting because it was the universal belief of the Jews, as well as the doctrine of Messiah, that Elias would come before the Messiah. They derided him now as calling upon Elias, when Yahweh would not help him, still keeping up the pretensions to being the Messiah and invoking Elias or Eliah to come from the dead to aid him. They knew Yahshua's words mirrored King David's in Psalms 22, and by mocking him, yet again, he ties scripture into itself, and David's words in which his lineage comes from becomes Yahshua's. I find this amazing, actually. And we see the ties in scripture and the life of the Messiah 
all coming to fruition. It's powerful. Reading Psalms 22 is hauntingly beautiful. Let's read it. My L, my L. Remember, this is David here. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Just like Yahshua said, my L, my L, why have you forsaken me? So far from my cries of anguish, my L, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people, all who see me mock me. They were mocking Yahshua right there. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in Yahweh, they say. Let Yahweh rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my Elohim. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. Very descriptive here. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Remember King David writing this. But you, Yahweh, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear Yahweh, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek Yahweh will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to Yahweh, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to Yahweh, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship, and all who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot help themselves alive, or keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Yesopar Yahweh Ladur, future generations will be told about Yahweh, it says in verse 30. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. The depth of scripture here is amazing, isn't it? How Yahshua bridges the gap between the old and the new is awesome. We read in Revelation 21.5, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So back to Psalms 30, and let's read the entire chapter. Because you have to read this in context. I will extol you, Yahweh, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Yahweh, my Elohim, I called you for help and you healed me. 
You, Yahweh, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of Yahweh. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Yahweh, when you favored me, you, will, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Yahweh, I called to the master. I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Yahweh, and be merciful to me. Yahweh, be my help. Now for the culmination of this chapter. Hafakta mispadi lama howl. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Yahweh, my Elohim, I will praise you forever. Yahweh, my Elohim, I will praise you forever. We do not know when our last hour will be here on this earth. So use your time here wisely and not be silent in your praise. When you stumble, remember we serve a mighty one full of grace. His anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Let's gain his favor for the next life and praise his name in good times and during the storm. We have this promise in Hebrews 13:5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we boldly say, Yahweh is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The prophet Isaiah says, when you will call and Yahweh will answer, you will cry for help and he will say, here am I. That's Isaiah 58.9. I thought it was amazing, actually, that he did the song 10,000 Reasons right before this message because I was actually going to read this. The song 10,000 Reasons is perfect with this psalm. It goes, bless Yahweh, O my soul. O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. The evening's coming, darkness is coming. We know Yahweh cannot be a part of darkness. He's light, right? If he's light, everywhere he is, darkness flees. Two can't exist, scripture tells us. Keeps going, you're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness, I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless Yahweh, O my soul. O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul. I'll worship your holy name. And on that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. The ultimate turmoil in life is death. We know this. Will we be singing Yahweh's name on our last breath? Something to think about, isn't it? So in this short message, I hope you received hope. I hope you received joy and a promise that even during the darkest and worst times of our life, the light will come in the morning and Yahweh will be there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.